Hi guys and welcome again to What A Hit Son. I am your host Kean Marr and welcome to episode 4. Today I'm joined by the man who loves to talk Liverpool, Rory Marr. Today we are going to speak basketball and tennis, two sports I've played for years and love to watch. Welcome Rue, great week of sports and TV, lots of entertainment to watch in different football leagues and golf tournaments. More sports also coming back soon like the MLS and obviously the basketball soon which we'll get into more details on. And uh, tennis, I'll be back next month as well, which would be great to kind of have them all back. Yeah, there's uh, more and more sport on TV, so that's never a bad thing. Um, happy to be back for episode four, so look forward to it, yeah. Yeah, so I suppose our first topic is um, the NBA or basketball. So it was announced about uh, a month ago that um, they have restructured the finish to the 2019-2020 season for the NBA. Um, so... Instead of having all the teams playing, they've eliminated eight teams and they've only got the 22 teams. So the teams they eliminated um, so far from it were the Charlotte Hornets, the Chicago Bulls, New York Knicks, the Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Golden State Warriors and Minnesota Timberwolves. These were all teams that were uh, had the lowest win to loss ratio. So obviously lost more games than they won. So the new structure to this NBA restart is um, it's going to start back on July 30th and all the games are going to be played in Disneyland, Florida, which is really good kind of that they're going to have it in that one area so they can get all the games out. They're using three different grounds to play the games. They haven't done up who's playing who yet. But what it's going to be is they're going to be broken into different groups, which will, I don't know how they'll do that, but they'll probably do it by their ranking, I would say. And then obviously by conference, maybe. Yeah, um, I suppose I have to big shout out to Trey Young. He's going to be missing big time for um, obviously obviously being with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, Atlanta Hawks being not making it to the final cut for the end of the season, but one of the, by far one of the most exciting to watch players in the NBA with obviously so young as well so slightly disappointed obviously the the Hawks got eliminated but uh yeah it's an interesting concept I suppose America at the moment as we touched on last week is a bit of a shambles regarding to the state of the country and the whole kind of the what kind of situation they are with the the coronavirus etc but I know already there's two positive tests came out more mentioned last week with the Andre Jordan with the Brooklyn Nets and Spencer as well. So I just wonder, um, are we gonna see more of those um positive tests? And then you have Francis Tiafo in the tennis that just came out there as being uh tested negative before he travelled to Florida and just tested positive for COVID nineteen um there yesterday or the day before. So a little bit worrying really and i understand obviously they can't bring family members but are they if there is a one or two get it is there going to be another spike again that's what would be my main concern well like the way you look at i think it's an interesting concept though as well because it's something we haven't really seen before as well with this whole um doing it a kind of like a, a tournament base where they're kind of going to be put into different groups they're going to be seeded and then there'll be playoffs and that kind of continued on from that so they expect it kind of to finish around october time if everything goes to plan because of that then the new season will be pushed to december so it's usually earlier in the year but they're gonna 
push it back and then obviously all the the trading and that will be pushed as well um because of that so it's going to be inter- interesting to see how this comes about and if it's going to be affected obviously with all the issues they're having in the u.s at the moment yeah i suppose the other thing as well with nba especially uh with it being such a spectator sport and obviously they're going, there isn't going to be any fans and another aspect of the nba is the huge amount of traveling you have to do whether it be home or away so you've got that home court advantage away from, and obviously you're playing three four times in a week that's really going to be it's really going to level the playing field you know um i just hope even if they do play a, a round robin format or um group format do do they leave the playoffs as being east v west because obviously that's historically that's the way it's always been the nba so i just wonder will they will they group it as in um will will they group it as such and split the groups maybe that way or i don't know interesting to see how they do it but i I think it would really take away from it if they they got rid of the east v west i'd I'd say they'll probably keep keep it as east v west but they'll probably structure it that the east side might focus on playing the east side and the west side might focus on playing the west maybe and that's in that sense just to kind of get that part of it done but I suppose we'll see in the next few weeks once they announce it all. Kind of, I know they announced today that they're looking to get the scrimmages all sorted. They play two or three scrimmage games before they um, they come back. So if August the plan, then we'll kind of have the news obviously in the next next week or two. I suppose when you're looking back on this season so far, like you have the standings. So obviously in the Western Conference, the the main team that were standing out there was the Lakers. And then you had the, obviously the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Thunder and the Rockets um, were kind of followed up in the top six. And then the Eastern Conference, it was the Milwaukee Bucks, followed by the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers and the 76ers as the top six. So when you're looking at the ratio uh, of wins to losses, uh, the standout two were obviously the the Bucks and the Lakers. The Bucks being the top, and then the Lakers second. Who do you think kind of? Do you think it'll kind of stay the same when it comes back, or do you think it might change slightly? Obviously, because of the long time off. Well, my my dark horse. Well, not really a dark horse because they've been such short odds. Um. But my tip has always been for LA Clippers, go clutch, especially with postseason with Kawhi Leonard um, and Paul George, PG-13. But um, I, we don't know. I, I think the first few games back will obviously be the big hell sign. Houston Rockets are after dr- like drifting massively in the, in the odds. They're out to like 16-1 to 1 or something stupid, which is always dangerous when you've got someone that can be so hot as... James Harden, if he goes off, he can win a game single-handedly, you know what I mean? And Russell Westbrook has made such a difference to that team and has probably carried Houston probably more more this season than even James Harden had previously. But you got, with someone like the King, LeBron, you're going to have them very much probably uh, favourites in the West, um, and rightly so. When you look at him, Anthony Davis... And, and and players like that, I just think uh, if I was if I was to call it now, I think it's going to be a Clippers, um, L.A. Lakers, 
final if it, if they do with that if they do a west coast final and an east coast uh, finals i would say that they'd be the top two between the two of them yeah uh, i think in the other side then i think your favorites is between i think three i think in that side which i think it's the books the raptors and the celtics because they i think they're the three standouts now i would be more drawn to the the books and the raptors because of obviously the raptors last year how good they played and then they've always been up there and then the books are just ridiculous how good they are yeah the books are very good and they and they can tr- they can score a lot of threes um obviously it's big big man power game with janus um and obviously janus has shown this season that he can throw a few threes as well we're more or less completely writing off probably last year would have been they would they they looked even better last year was 76ers and i actually think one of the biggest losses they have this year is obviously um jimmy butler going to miami heat he's a serious player yeah. uh, a lot of time for jimmy butler very good player uh, loves a bit of trash talking as well which you always like to see and that's what i think that's going to make it even more interesting um come obviously when this is all televised this legend that goes on on a basketball course we're going to hear everything it's going to be brilliant yeah um because obviously with the crowds and everything uh you don't necessarily get to hear that similar to the football but i think it's just another level with um with basketball so kind of looking forward to that yeah um like i think favorites now obviously i'd say they're probably bookies i haven't looked at the odds but i would say the favorites right now and i think they're kind of going to be pushed with what happened this year is the lakers Obviously, because I think LeBron's going to be driven to win something because of what happened with Kobe Bryant, obviously, earlier this year. God bless us all. I'd say he's kind of driven now to try and win something for LA and obviously for Kobe himself. Like, LeBron this year has been ridiculous when he's been playing. Like, he's been scoring loads of points, loads of rebounds. His, His stats for the season are just absolutely ridiculous. So they would probably be the bookies' favours at the moment. But as you said, you can't write off half the teams in this because especially when they're coming back, as you've seen in the Premier League, some teams are outperforming other teams that and getting results that you wouldn't be expecting. Um, so it is, like obviously as we, as we just saw in the football, literally just earlier, um, City losing to Southampton, which you never would have expected. So it is one of those things that i think you can't even you can't even pick your winner really as much because it's you're coming in blind nearly like you're looking at your stats and you're seeing oh yeah they're top there's the top six but it's completely different ball game there's no fans so you're not going to have the fans that drive you some basketball players prefer that to have the fans push you on um so it's going to be very even kind of going into um, the games with no fans no, no home court advantage then you have obviously the other thing is as well is when they get to the postseason aspect and they get to the playoff section are they going to do as they always did obviously best of seven games mm-hmm. because the whole point of a best of seven is you have one team that has four four and three if it ever gets down to the cider but if they're going to be all based in Disney World or wherever it is is there any point to playing seven games because yeah. you've taken out the home advantage so I just wonder, will they play less games, which 
then if you're a hot team and you, you, you start off on a roll, you're not actually going to get the chance. The, you're not giving the other team the chance to maybe to, to bring it back. You've seen teams before. You've seen famously Cleveland 3-1 down in a in a, in a playoff NBA playoff final and win 4-3 against Golden State of all teams. You know what I mean? So that so I'd hope they would keep the seven-game seven, seven uh, game format, but yeah. who, who knows? Well, no, as it's kind of put together, I suppose. I suppose the other thing I wanted to touch on then as well in the basketball was I've just recently finished watching um, the Last Dance series on Netflix, which my... Took, took long enough. <laughs> everyone, everyone else had that finished months ago. But my goodness, that is such a fantastic series I've seen with sport, with how it touches on how great that Chicago Bulls team is. Obviously now they're not emulating what they were d- doing back then, but like in seven years winning... Uh, six titles, uh, championships, and even taken an 18, 18 month sabbatical as well, just to uh, to go play some baseball. Two three peats, obviously both under the the helm of the the fantastic uh, Phil Jackson. Obviously, did it again with the uh, the LA Lakers. But like, if you think about it, Chicago Bulls, have never won another championship out like before or after do you know what I mean so which makes it even more incredible and you think about finals finals MVP Jordan had all six final MVP like what a like I think the most striking thing out of the whole documentary as good as that team was obviously with your Rodmans and Scottie Pippen and stuff but and Steve Kerr to be fair but I think the biggest highlight for me was just the mentality of Jordan yeah like like what when you watch like he'd always pick something to drive him so if there's one player that would say something like you saw in one or two games that he might have lost in obviously the the series in the seven of the seven games he might lose one and someone would say something and straight away he the next game they're a completely different side and they go whatever fuel he could add to the fire to help obviously motivate either himself or the rest of his teammates like he would take the smallest little thing like i think famously in one of the the playoff games uh he he completely made up some interaction between himself and an opposition player saying that he said this to the press and he just used it and he ran with it and then he only admitted it in the documentary oh no i made that up yeah you know what i mean just unbelievable he's he was just and like the points he was scoring in games like he was getting like some games he was getting 50 odd 40 odd like he was on average he was over like the 40 mark nearly per game which you don't see that with all basketballers nowadays like you're seeing obviously james harden is is up there with scoring points like that in a game and uh obviously as well you have steph curry when he's fit can get that with the man don't forget the actual the the real the, the real mvp now which is no 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 it's dame lillard of portland trailblazers yeah. by far my favorite player but my god when he's on when he's on he's on but anyway we're kind of going slightly off topic but yeah so like if you think about it there you have famous 95 96 season and the bulls went 72 and 10 like like which i think everybody thought was just going to be which ne- obviously never be beaten and then, of course, famously, Golden State in 2015-16 went, went uh, 73-9, and nine, which is just... Ridiculous. 
like like outrageous and i think i'm pretty sure that was the year um cleveland beat them in the in the the nba finals as well obviously famous um lebron return to cleveland win wins it with kyrie irving and then kind of dynasty kind of fell away from there didn't it and obviously um golden state got uh kevin durant and kind of didn't look back yeah well, I suppose you can look at the difference with the Golden State side as well. Obviously, with this season obviously being eliminated, obviously the lack of Steph Curry in the team really paid dividends to how they performed. You could see like he was he's a real kind of driving force in the side. Well, obviously, and Kevin Durant's gone yeah. to Brooklyn Nets, um, obviously injured. And then you've got, obviously, the other member of the Splash Brothers being um, uh, Thompson. Yeah. Like the the two of them mainly, I would say even Thompson, obviously huge, like huge member of that t- that team. Obviously Durant gone was a, a huge loss, but I think Thompson, um, Clay Thompson, probably was even a bigger bigger loss for the style of game Golden State play. Yeah, uh, going back to what we we're talking on the the series, like even when you look at Jordan's last season with them, and when it went into the the championship game it looked like he was out of sorts and he literally played the whole game and scotty pippen obviously constantly going in and out of the treatment table and it looked like they were going to lose it um and jordan anyway no matter what decided uh no i'm gonna keep going and for somehow through that final final uh basket to win it like for them which I think that that was the another thing is just how many times he went to the well, last shot of the game to win it, and he was out and he just nailed it. Like you know what yeah. I mean? It's like so, time and time again he was able to do that under that pressure. Yeah. Obviously the the kind of the most pressure any basketballer can be under. And I think it kind of it really kind of separates himself. Like I know for me personally, even before the old documentary came out, I ha- I'd always regarded obviously Jordan as one of the best ever. But obviously he wasn't really in my lifetime, so I never necessarily got to see an awful lot of Jordan because he was obviously I was like that famous ninety five ninety six season. I was three. Do you know what I mean? So I would never have um have watched. And obviously basketball wasn't really on TV in Ireland back then, so. I think the debates between himself and LeBron, obviously LeBron has been amazing, but I think even that era and how physical um, basketball was in those days, like you've seen the videos, you've seen the famous the Pistons team, like literally like throwing fists, throw yeah. boxes and fucking yeah. all sorts. Going if you on. did that nowadays, you'd be kicked out oh, of the game. Like. Eject- that's an ejection straight away, do you know what I mean? That's a, that's a flagrant, so... I think that, like, if you put Jordan in the modern era now, I think he'd be even better. Do you know what I mean? Because he'd have so much more protection um, from referees and umpires or whatever. The other thing was as well that he made his whole team. Obviously, they would come up against Pistons. Pistons were such a physical team. He was like, right, we're all getting in the gym. We're all getting bigger. We're all getting stronger because so we can compete with these. So they aren't going to be able to push us around. Do you know what I mean? That kind yeah. of mentality he was like, I know where we're lacking. This is what we're going to work on and the basketball is going to shine through but we're actually going to we're going to outwork outwork them we're going to outfight them and obviously that that was the the famous obviously once they'd beaten the pistons that was that was the get over the line in order for the first of of the 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 sixth title so i think the other thing as well to look at as well what i always found amazing watching it as well 
was what he went through in his personal life and how the media were destroying him and he just didn't care. He just focused on his basketball. Though in regards obviously losing his, his dad tragically um, when his dad uh, was murdered and then as well the whole gambling thing that kind of arose and Jordan kind of just pushed it off nearly and just focused on his basketball which I thought is fantastic because some people nowadays when there's stuff like that arises you can see it play a huge dividend on the pair oh like from a mental aspect the kind of effect detrimental effect that could have on your on your performance on the court so it really was testament of the character of jordan to be able to kind of rise above all that i think the whole thing with the gambling thing as well the way they spun it that the gambling was the reasoning for his dad's death as well is in that played a huge part which was obviously completely unfounded um and slander really but the way obviously he was able to disregard that and just get on and play his basketball but um i did find it fascinating obviously from the gambling aspect it's just it it wasn't even necessarily about the gambling it was the pure competitiveness of the man yeah <laughs> absolutely everything like you're saying he's saying sitting on the back table with the likes of scotty pipkin dennis rodman and they're playing high stakes um poker or whatever and you have the couple of guys up the front that are probably playing penny like playing for pennies playing for small loose change and he'd be winning down the back but that wouldn't be enough he'd be he'd cash out go back go to the front lads what are you playing oh uh oh yeah we're not big boys though uh, michael we're only playing for small amounts he's like he'd sit down just so he could say he could beat them and he'd just beat them and then he'd get up and go back to the high stakes table like he's just uh, the chap is just a, a, like an almost freak in terms of that kind of mentality it's not not something i've ever heard of before i'd say probably the only other famous sports person that has that mentality and that drive is probably tiger yeah like the other thing that arose from it is like the nba as you were saying was never on tv and once michael jordan obviously came to the scene like everywhere he went like no matter if it was in oh anywhere in the world it's the one person like that's like michael jordan's here with the chicago basketball team oh my god like and just even the shoes as well his shoes went he was originally wanted to go with adidas and all that and be the main thing and then nike came in and now now you could never look back like it's one of the things you associate with it it's not it's not like it's nike jordan it is just jordan's like yeah. shoes you just have jordan shoes and obviously it's his own his own logo and everything as well but that was just like what a what a fantastic business decision by nike to get michael jordan like as in they've made so much money from that and will continue to make money from it it's just I, you you have to tip your hat to people that made those decisions or contacted obviously jordan's agents or whatever to make that happen because that was just genius yeah and then obviously as well i think the th- one thing i found fascinating was when he went away from the sport and he came back and still won three championships like th- the chap like yeah you saw when he came back for that kind of the end of that season when he did wasn't as great and you could see he was very rusty but literally, he went away. He worked in the gym all summer, and he came back, and they went on and won three again, which is just phenomenal. There's not many people you could say could do that as well in the sport. And obviously, the age as well he was. Like I don't think people realised how old he was before he won his first one. Even he was even older than 
LeBron was when he won it first, you know. So the the other thing that doesn't really get mentioned, and I noticed some people slated him for decision, obviously to play baseball, rightly or wrongly, but he was actually pretty good at, at baseball as well. Like his batting average, they say was up there that he hundred percent could have gone major league. Like he yeah. would have played in the major league. He was playing for the the reserve team or the feeder team for Chicago, but like that just shows you how how much of an all round talent and athlete Jordan was. Yeah, like is it it was ridic- ridiculous how good he was and like as they said he went for ages he went on constantly even just hitting singles he went on a a run in his first start like and this was all just because and he hadn't played since he was in like school and he went and played and was nearly out playing some of the even the the rookies on the the other rookies that were even younger he was out playing them and but the one negative then you take was when he went in a a bad run, everyone straight away was like, Michael, go away, leave baseball. You yeah, you can't you can't be a great at this. Which was one thing I hated. Like you should never shoot someone for obviously trying and he obviously was very good at it. Um and then obviously the other thing you had that it showed in the series that he did um was how well he got on with a lot of basketballers like he have some of the legends and he'd go out playing golf with them like even before a basketball game he'd be out on the on the course playing some golf with like the likes of larry bird and, and beating them at golf as well <laughs> just like chap but like what what is there anything the man can't do do you know what i mean at such a high level like he 100 percent, 100 percent could have been professional golfer probably if you wanted to do you know what i mean he was that good plays that plus four like the guy's freak yeah and then obviously playing um then doing the movie as well the space jam movie which lebron's now going to do one as well following michael's footsteps you nearly you nearly could compare him to michael doing that now as well couldn't you <laughs> is he any good at golf <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure uh michael jordan's probably challenged him to a round of golf and he's probably rejected him <laughs> but I suppose moving back to obviously looking back on the teams for the this year, do you think anyone kind of apart from LeBron is going to kind of reach those levels of Jordan? Do you think in their career that like is there anyone? It's a longevity, isn't it? So that's yeah. like the main thing. But like Tatum at the Celtics, the chap is ridiculously good. Like already in a, in only a few seasons with the Celtics how good he looks like he is like one of the standout players already this season yeah. averaging like he's pretty close to tra- averaging 30 a game do you know what I mean he's that good who else like obviously you've you've had a lot of young talent like you're like saying Trey Young we're obviously not going to see him but that yeah. the chap is very very good hopefully gets probably uh a trade at some stage in the near future to a, maybe a better team he probably deserves that that's why i kind of have a huge amount of respect for damon lillard purely because obviously he got to the playoff finals last year but they he realistically is never going to win anything with portland yeah. but he stuck it out and he's been there nearly his whole career it's not something you'd see an awful lot in in basketball especially in just american sports that kind of loyalty to one team yeah. so um that's why he's my personally 
I'm biased, but my favourite. But regarding anyone else, that's probably obviously everyone's talking about Giannis at the moment. Like I'm saying, he won't. I don't think think anyone can ever be considered a great until they get a ring. So he'll have to. He has to do it with the books now. Um, obviously himself and Harden have had a lot of back and forth on social media, uh, about each other. So we'll see. But yeah, well, they they're the standout. I I love Kawhi as well. I think Kawhi is great. Um, he's so clutch when it comes like you saw last season when it got to the playoffs he obviously won titles with the Spurs as well so be interesting to see if he can win a, a third a, like a with a third team which would be which would be obviously something special yeah exactly and I suppose once it comes back we'll kind of a lot of our answers questions will be answered I suppose and hopefully in the next few weeks we'll see kind of this format obviously how it takes place and hopefully We'll have great basketball to watch um, over the next month, few months. I suppose we'll move on to our next topic, which is tennis. So, obviously, the tennis is back in August, and we also have the the US Open. will be played kind of towards the end of August, start of September, which would be great kind of to have back. Um, obviously, Roger Federer has pulled out for the rest of the season because he wants to focus on coming back for 2021 which is a big loss um, for the tennis. But obviously, a lot of it's been restructured. Now, the one question I have had the last while is, do you think, obviously, the likes of Nadal, Federer and Djokovic are kind of your top ones at the moment with how they're performing and the amount of uh, trophies they've won. But do you think they've got long left in their careers? Well, you're looking at... I, I personally think if Roger Federer retires... Now, I, I think he, he wants to win another one, but I think if himself and Nadal were both on the same amount of Grand Slams, I think if one retires, the other will retire fairly shortly afterwards. Like I th- think the two of them are just going to bow out together. I don't think that, obviously, Federer's a few years older, but I don't think physically Nadal can keep it up for much longer as well. Um, Federer doesn't, has never really had many muscle injuries, but he's now had... So that's three knee surgeries in the space of a few short years. Obviously, as far as I'm aware, he did some sort of, he tore a ligament um, the first time around and obviously came back and won three Grand Slams in, in, this, in two years to Australian back-to-back and then obviously Wimbledon as well. But Nadal, a lot of his, obviously he has a lot of his arthritis in his knees, but he's had a lot of muscle injuries as well. So I just wonder that probably is more detrimental in the long term he regularly has to take breaks in the season because he obviously gets a lot of, he got he's in a lot of pain and um, with the style of tennis he's had it's been so much harder on his body yeah. i think sam query did uh the american tennis player former 11 in the world he's about 45 at the moment but he cur- he was only interviewed there earlier in the week and he said obviously you've got the us open coming up and you've the french open shortly after so they're wondering obviously with them being so close together who will play one or who won't play the other or will someone play one or will someone play the other and obviously Djokovic has had the whole coronavirus scare he's now apparently free of the virus himself and his wife obviously that whole scandal with the Adria tour and he obviously got a lot of bad press for that rightly so he shouldn't have done it but kind of separate from that if obviously the rumors are that one or the other mightn't necessarily play one of the slams but you'd like to think that if one says they're going to play the other will say they have to play because neither wants to give necessarily the other a free shot at a grand slam title yeah. obviously 
Fed, Nadal would go ahead of Federer then or and obviously further ahead of Djokovic if he played and Djokovic didn't play and then obviously your way around if is Nadal pulls out and doesn't play and Djokovic plays he's closed that gap so Djokovic currently has 17 I think so he'd close he'd, he'd go to 18 then do you know what I mean so that's hardly hardly ideal but I suppose this is the big opportunity and the thing is Nadal and Djokovic aren't naturally playing an awful lot of tennis so you wonder are they going to be rusty yeah. You see a lot of the obviously there's a lot of um the ultimate tennis kind of championship things that's going on with the four quarter format and different kind of cards you can play to activate and you have the likes of your Richard Gasquet, uh City Pass, Dominic Team, Benoit Pair, a lot of these guys are all playing in it. They're obviously gonna have a serious advantage over the likes of your Djokovic and the Lals because they're playing that they're going to be that bit fresher and they've played more tennis you see andy murray played in a british championships um with dan evans kyle edmund uh, jamie murray etc so cameron nori i think cameron got the final against um dan evans and won so or dan evans won sorry but um you just wonder if those guys are going to have a, a fitness advantage as well like, yeah. I, like you've seen obviously Federer's done it it was a amazing achievement coming back from a break and winning the, the first kind of major tournament back but it's not something that's done very often so you just wonder if um those guys are going to have an advantage obviously there a lot of them are that bit younger as well like if i was to put what say one name now of someone that i think is guaranteed to win one of the slams either the us open or the french it's dominic team 100 yeah, percent. like that, he'd be he'd be my favorite first that was my that was my my next question i suppose I was going to see was who do you see as the kind of the future stars so obviously you've got um team you've got uh to past you've got you've got a few different ones like and the other f- interesting fact is dominic team was born on the best day of the year third of september <laughs> so what can i say he's guaranteed to be amazing but i am saying he's been very unlucky he's got to two slam finals now and lot or sorry is it three i think he's got three he's got two french and obviously one australian and i i personally have no idea how he lost the australian open in january Djokovic is like as much as i admire Djokovic, absolutely despise how he just managed to keep dragging himself like Wimbledon last year, um, Wimbledon 2019, no idea how he won that um, final against Federer. Federer was by far the better player, and he won three tie breaks. But, so Djokovic didn't necessarily break Federer's serve, really, or, like, threaten much on Federer's serve, and yet won the final, won the match. Um, Federer obviously famously had two, two match points again, screwed it up, and then... This year again, two sets to one down in the final against Dominic Team. Dominic Team looks so good, and then Djokovic manages to win the fourth, and then just grinds it out in the fifth set. And obviously, Team lost in straight sets in his first final in 2018 against Nadal, uh, French Open, and then uh, 2019 lost in four. So he was getting that a little bit closer. Obviously, Nadal is never lost, never lost in either the the, the semis or. The final of yeah. the French Open, which is just stupid. Yeah, obviously they lo- he lost in I think it was the the quarterfinals to it was the round of sixteen. So yeah, fourth to Robin Soderling. Soderling. Yeah, um, so. but it's ridiculous the amount of French Opens. I don't think anyone will will ever match that in the slams of how many no. of one single slam no. like purely from a longevity point of view as well. Obviously the amount of tournaments he's played as well. Um, I don't think anyone will match that. 
yeah. obviously Federer played so many and Federer looked very good but just happened to be on the wrong side of the draw last year against Nadal and the famous it was such a windy day um, but like only really Federer can kind of match Nadal in terms of like you take you take Nadal or Federer out of their respective careers just thinking about the Grand Slams they would have had yeah. so like, you're looking probably double what they have now just crazy it's it's crazy like um like you look you look at the so the list obviously you've got Federer on 20 Nadal on 19 and Djokovic on 17 and then like next to that is Sampras whose record of 14 like when you looked at that originally you saw Federer was winning you never thought Federer would be on like 20 at this point no because I don't think anyone saw him playing for as long as he has and he got such a good record obviously early on with with slam finals i think it was 2009 when he lost at the start of the year he loses to nadal in the australian open final and obviously famously was crying afterwards and even nadal consoling him whatever but then freak currents obviously happens at the french <laughs> and out of nowhere the whole world stops solderling out of no- an absolute kind and a real kind of nobody on the tour in terms of never really done anything major beats him quite convincingly as well now there obviously was rumours about Nadal whether he was fit and healthy and stuff like that but he absolutely pummeled him and then obviously got to the final and Federer see I think Federer's style of play really played into like really it really suited gave him such an advantage over Southern Southern style didn't really work against Federer that's why he had such a good head to head record against him but obviously there was a some very close calls in the in the build up to that because obviously he he um, beat Juan Martin Del Potro in in uh, in five sets. He was two sets and a breakdown against Tommy Haas earlier in the tournament as well. I think that was in the quarterfinals, um, and scraped through that. So it was it was kind of almost meant to be. And then obviously famously next tournament gets plays Roddick and has that unbelievable five set match as well how Rod- Roddick to this day I'd probably like obviously Andy Roddick could have had four three or four Wimbledon Wimbledons himself face Re- Federer in every final I don't think even he knew how he lost that final like he probably like Federer didn't really deserve to win that one but obviously that matched Sampras for the 14 then and obviously he'd already won the career slam at the French so I thought since then if you think about it he had a couple of seasons where he he wasn't even really getting the slam finals and yeah. um that's when Djokovic kind of really took over like that famous thing was 2011 Djokovic um got the three finals winning all winning all three and beating Nadal in all three which was obviously very impressive I don't know I just the style of tennis that Djokovic has always played I just never really liked yeah I think it was quite negative kind of uh, compared to like when you watch when you watch Nadal play and you watch Federer play and you watch a few other tennis players, like they all have a beautiful style and they all hit these amazing shots. I, and then you look at Djokovic's style and Djokovic looks quite negative compared to a lot he's of others. He's just a backboard, isn't he? He just yeah. gets everything back. He doesn't necessarily... He doesn't pummel... Like Nadal kind of beats you into submission, do you know what I mean? He just... <laughs> those those forehands and just that topspin, especially on clay, and he just... Uh, like I'm, I'd say lads are nearly the, the pure exhaustion of lads at, like after because they're just it's such a physical drain uh, similar to Djokovic but just in a different style but then you Federer who just like he literally glides regardless yeah. whether it's clay 
hard court or grass, he literally glides over the ground. Do you know what I mean? And then obviously winners and it's just obviously the one hand backhand, which always looks so much better, I think, personally. But um yeah, I just, the this is gonna be a serious opportunity now for for people this year to someone step up. We've been saying it for for years now for someone to step up and win a slam. And it hasn't been, hasn't been done. When you had Stan Vavrinka obviously won one. Um, which was obviously amazing achievement, obviously winning yeah. three as well with um winning the other three. I don't think he was at his game has ever been suited with the grass, so it was always gonna be a challenge for him to do that. But those three obviously Stan wins were very impressive and he played the top two in those yeah. Those three finals, obviously beating Jogfish twice and then the um Nadal and the other one. So I don't know, like I said, Zverev Zverev has got a great game but he he had the yips on his serve for a lot of last year. Seems to have fixed it, um, but can get himself into a headspace sometimes. He seems to end up doing too much work early on in slams, which leaves it hard. He looked very good at the Australian Open and obviously lost to, to Dominic Team in four. So who knows? City Bass, great game, great to watch, good mentality, probably good on all surfaces as well. So you wonder if he can he can he can come through. He's beaten the bit the likes of the big guys on on clay, he's beaten Nadal. Yeah. But the main the main go to at the moment is Dominic Team as I think he he's second only to um Djokovic for wins against Nadal on clay. Yeah, like like you look at the at the standings obviously the top ten, you've got obviously Djokovic as number one, then Nadal, then you've Dominic Team, then Federer, then Danny Med Medvedev. Titsapas, Verev, Berrettini, uh Gail Monfils and David Goffin are kind of the, the main um people like even Monfils he went away for years but he's he's back up there again so for for the talent he's had he's really underachieved yeah. but um you'd be ruling him out pretty strongly yeah. in terms of grand slam title reckoning um you have someone like maybe Marin Cilic is always very very dangerous in in slams as well has obviously won a grand was one of the other guy the last guys outside the top four as such apart from Stan to have won a slam and US Open that year, he was outrageous. Ah, the beat Federer and straight in the semis. Yeah, in the semi final, quite com- convincingly as well. Just as because if his serve is on, he's just impossible nearly to play. So anyone who's really tall, once their serve is on, it's very difficult. Yeah, and then like obviously John Isner probably getting that bit older now as well. Um, but it's always dangerous. Come like something like a US Open, you never know. Kevin Anderson. Obviously been to a couple of Sam finals now as well. Obviously got to the U- he got the US Open final and he got to a Wimbledon final. So you never know. But the one name for me, um, I'd be I'd be back and and be worth decent odds as well. It'd probably be Dominic Team. Yeah, I, d- I, d- I, d- I do kind of think that it'd be it'd be Team. I think would be the kind of the standout one of of all the lists because he's most consistent and he's been up there. Um. And been to several finals as well. I suppose the other question I had um, that I've seen in the media and it's always brought up every time kind of there's obviously the slam finals are. Well, I suppose probably that's the best place to finish off for it. I suppose uh, we've covered plenty today of our topics. So thank you again, Rory, for joining me today for our latest episode of What A Hit Son. As always, it is great to speak about different topics with you. Thank you again to Carol Boyce 
for the amazing editing she does for this podcast and thank you for everyone listening to this podcast and subscribing if you have any questions please contact me on social media little martin or if you have anyone who's interested in maybe want to join me for a podcast episode get in contact as well i have been kimar and this has been what a hit son